Uh, I want to I want to share a word with you today. Go ahead and get your sermon notes out. And uh, we were uh, I I kind of gave it a shot this morning. It really didn't turn out very well. So, uh, but uh, uh, there's a song that's on my heart. So, oh well. Uh, anyone give me a chord or something? You don't you want to play for me? So. Yeah, well, we didn't practice or anything. We just got up this morning. She said, I got the chords if you want to sing it. She gave me that look like, but, you know, oh, well, you know. Uh, I have a lot of songs in my library, songs that I listen to constantly and songs that are in my heart that I never listen to. Anybody have a playlist? Anybody? Like, I was working on a playlist for people who needed healing the other day and just coming up with some. And, and I started working on the sermon, and it, I knew where I was going. That's the cool thing about preaching on the fruit of the Spirit, is that you kind of know where you're going. Last week, I did two, and this week, I don't have any props. I don't have any cantaloupes to throw at you. I don't have any peaches in my hand, uh, but we're going to talk about the seventh fruit of the Spirit, which is, which, which is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Shout it. Faithfulness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That was a long sermon right there, wasn't it? Long-suffering. Remember, whatever you're going through, God's making things better as you go through it. Keep going through it. Don't give up. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's not finished. Just because it's hurting right now doesn't mean God's done. Right? Just hang on. And then the kindness and goodness. That was sweet last week. I just like I like saying kindness and goodness. But we learned that kindness and goodness of the Spirit is not necessarily the same thing uh, as what we know. Be kind. Being kind is also being truthful, right? Being honest. Uh, and, and God is good. We learned that He is good today. Faithfulness. And so I probably ought to sing this at the end. I probably ought to sing it well. But I, I can't promise you any of that. So but Steve Green used to do this. Uh, and I used to love it when I used to be like a musician and a singer a hundred years ago. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. I like this. Hebrews 12 is what it is. Cheering on the faithful encouraging the weary their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses listen to the challenge here let us run the race not only for the prize but as those who've gone before us, let us leave for those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. I love that. Oh, let all who come behind us Find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe 
and the lives we live inspire them to obey oh may all who come behind us find us faithful there's another verse but I'm not going to sing it I'm not singing it but anybody get that yeah so yeah thank you dear Thank for those sympathy claps. I'm grateful. So, um, so I'll read the third verse to you. After all, our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind. May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Has anybody been to my house before? You've been to my house? Where are you? Okay, so, yeah, Sophie, you've been to my house. Right. Uh, is she waving at me? Yay. So, um, uh, room was full downstairs. Sorry about that. We'll fix that. Okay, love you. <laughs> um, but uh, you've been to my house. You've seen pictures. Okay, now I'm, I'm, we've tried to be careful over the years not to just put old pictures on the wall like wallpaper, all right? But as you go, get older, there's some people you don't want to forget. Like, I love Lucy. You've heard me say that before. I love Lucy, all right? That's not the sitcom, all right? I love Lucy is Lucy, who is my great-grandmother, who was the first one who accepted Jesus Christ and led her family to the Lord Jesus, in spite the fact that her husband was a, had great struggles in his life. Lucy was adamant that all of her children are going to know and serve Jesus. So I've got the ancient picture that used to be on my grandmother's wall of Lucy and Dick Hawker. And then uh, we've got wedding dresses sitting in the corner. Uh, yeah, the headless brides is what we call them affectionately. It's because they don't have heads. They're just mannequins anyway. And but it's my mother and Diana's mother, and they're people of great covenant. We kind of surround ourselves with the idea of great covenant. And then we've got just pictures of family. And the, one of the great messages of that is that I didn't get to this place in Christ by myself. And when I look back through the stories of my life, I keep running into people who know and love Jesus Christ. I keep finding them. And I, there are others that struggled. In my, in my office, I have two pictures of my grandfather, Richard, and my grandfather, uh, Marshall. And, uh, and my grandfather, Richard, just loved Jesus. He was just crazy. I mean, if you ever see me like get all crazy jumping up and down, that comes from my grandpa, Richard, okay? Because that's the kind of guy he was. Old school, you know, out in the, in the woods, tent revivals. Uh, Grandpa Richard Hawker, that's Lucy's son. And uh, I got a picture of him standing with his Bible in the corner. I got the mugshot of Marshall, my other grandfather. And so, you know, you, you kind of look at these things, and people are going to figure it out, right? But right now, do you realize right now you can change the story for those who will sift through your life later? Did you know that? Right now, you can change your life. You can change your life. And not only for yourself, but others. At some time, we have to transition from thinking about it to faithful. Yeah. Got it? So uh, we're going to talk about faithfulness. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20. Well done, good and faithful servant. Anybody want to hear that from the Lord? Yeah. Well done. Good job. Good job. I remember my first job, my first vocation 
uh, was working in a tiny grocery store in Richmondale, Ohio. Mike Dilley was the owner. Uh, it was called Collins because uh, Odell, Cock, or Odell, Odell uh, uh, Collins owned it originally, but Mike took over, hired me when I was in high school, and I learned to stock and run a cash register and cut, slice meat. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah. How many, did anybody ever sort uh, soda bottles? Anybody ever do that before? I used to sort those too. But I learned so much in, in those particular days, but I always wanted to make sure I did my job well. And he explained to me one day, he said, well, when I first got hired, he said, now, you do a good job, you can stay and work here. If you don't, you're kind of like uh, uh, items that are on my shelf. If they don't sell, I get rid of them. Now, that was heavy. <laughs> Uh, so I stayed as long as I wanted to, and then I resigned because I had other things to do, but I didn't want to work in the grocery store all my life. I love faithfulness. I love well done. Uh, uh, by the way, speaking of faithfulness, we have new bedroom furniture in our house, so you're welcome. Uh, I just thought I'd tell you that. We hadn't had new bedroom furniture in a long time. Anybody ever had old bedroom furniture for a long, long time and just needed new furniture? So my wife needed that. She'd been patient with me and and I said, well, let's go get some new bedroom furniture. So we went, and I don't know, some, you know, we had one of the ladies who, she was here for a while at Freedom. Marcy, you in the room somewhere? Anyway, I bought the furniture from her, and she was coming to Freedom. But uh, I, uh, we, got, we got this new furniture, but in order, does it, do I have anybody in this room who, some people, when it's time to change things, they just want to change everything? Anybody? Like, you want to paint the walls, and you want to change the curtains, and you want to do, you know, just... Anyway, so I had hanging on the, I had it on the wall, I had given her a gift. You know, I'm always trying to find a special gift for my wife at Christmas. And one year she opened up this roll and pulled it out. And it was, it was one of those wall decals that said, always have, always will. And so we took it and I knew where I wanted it, right over our bed. So we had that years ago, I got that and it was hanging right over the bed, but she wanted to paint the wall. So we had to get rid of the wall decal. So I was a little, honey, what are we going to do? Well, maybe we can do something else, like a pillow or something. So I immediately in my spare time uh, decided that I would order us a pillow to lay on the bed that said, always have, always will. And so... I surprised her. She started to go look for it. I said, I don't look for that. I ordered it. But I actually somehow, by the grace of God, the pillow is the right color as well. And matched the other things she put in the room. And that was a Jesus moment right there because I don't do colors, all right? All right? This is blue because I know it's, sometimes it looks green to me, but it's, it's, good. it's a good color. So, but I like the statement, always have, always will. You like it? Always have, always will. Anybody married? I mean, that's like a good covenant statement to make. I mean, I, I think I, I first got tuned into it with uh, William Wallace on Braveheart when he looked at that girl and he said, I love you, always have. And, and that kind of sparked that. I love that. But it's the always will because some people are like that really bad love song. Anybody heard the bad love? It's an old one. I can't even remember who does it, but it goes something like this. Falling in and out of love with you. And I just want to climb through the radio and slap him. I really do. What do you mean? You don't just fall in and out of love. Sooner or later, love has to become covenant. And then faithfulness is the result of great covenant, where you're faithful in your lives. I love 
faithfulness. I love it when people are trustworthy. I love seeing people renew their covenants. And, and it's not just in your, in your marriage, in your home, but in, in relationships, in godly relationships, we ought to be faithful. But even more than that, I think we ought to be faithful to the Most High God. We ought to be faithful to Abba. Amen? We ought to be faithful to Him. And I'm talking about the seventh fruit of the Spirit here, faithfulness. So, so when I say this, I know a lot of people got a lot of good stuff going on in their life. And I've heard about people who got all kinds of prophetic gifts. But don't tell me about your prophecies and your miracles if you don't have faithfulness. Because if somebody, somebody doesn't have faithfulness, but they're moving in prophecies, they're moving all kinds of spiritual gifts, I'm saying that just seems like a show to me if you're not faithful. Amen? You hear what I'm telling you? Faithfulness matters. Faithfulness is important. And, and so I, I'm saying, show me. And I, and I can hear the Lord saying, show me the fruit of your faithfulness. Faithfulness is the spiritual response of believers who have accepted the gift of Christ into their life and the spirit of Jesus is inside of you. I'm not talking about faithfulness in something that you can do in your own power. You need Holy Spirit in your life if you're going to walk faithfully in the weird world that we live in right now. You need Holy Spirit. So this is important. The evidence of his indwelling presence is faithfulness. All kinds of parables. I won't go through all of them, but there is this one parable, and you could read through it in Matthew 25, uh, verse 14. Uh, you could read through that particular one. If you read Matthew 24, Matthew 25, you're going to find all kinds of great parables that the Lord begins with, and the kingdom of heaven is like this. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. What is it like? How can I recognize the kingdom of heaven? And there's a few things that you see in that. One is, is that Jesus ascended. He went away. All right, how many know Jesus is in heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father? So he's there. By his spirit, he dwells with us. But I want you to know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he comes and dwells with us by his Holy Spirit. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like, and this is something that the disciples might have understood. The kingdom of heaven is like uh, a, a, a man who, who's traveling to a far country who called his servants to him, and he entrusted them with what belonged to him. He entrusted them to be stewards of his investment in their lives. And he had already seen them, so he gave them something according to their abilities. And then he came back to see what they did with what he gave them. And one, well, a couple of them had doubled their, the, the resource. They had invested it. They had worked. They had they built things out of it. But then there's another one who thought that he was doing something wonderful by digging a hole in the ground and hiding his Lord's money, hiding his Lord's investment. And then, so the, 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 the Lord returns, the man returns to see these three individuals. So you understand, right? Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Anybody excited about that? No, are you excited about it? So here's the deal. Everyone has been blessed. Does anybody understand that? All of us, everybody. Jesus died, so whoever, 
Whoever will can come to him. You don't have to, you don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be, you know, just right out there on the edge. You don't have to be a preacher or a singer. Uh, you don't. You, you don't. You, Jesus wants all of us, and his arms are open to everyone. Whosoever will, let him come. The Spirit has called you, and whoever will. Some people take what the Lord has offered. They give their life to Jesus, and out of that, there is an evidence. How many know there's evidence that you're saved? Does everybody understand that? Some people think, I'm saved. Don't be telling me I need. No, there's evidence of your salvation. And evidence of your salvation is faithfulness. What are you going to do with the Spirit of God that has been given to you? What are you going to do with it? And so you might say, I don't have time to do anything with it. You don't have the time to, time to do anything else. I mean, really, what, all that really matters is what we do. In fact, even the things that you do, I mean, your vocation is still something that you have by the grace of Almighty God. I know folks, in fact, somebody was testifying to me about a new job today and how that the Lord was going to use her in that particular job because she had already, already focused on certain individuals that needed him. Has anybody ever witnessed at your job site before? Has anybody ever served God or, or, or walked out with integrity who you are in Christ, represented Jesus in, a, in, a, in your job or at your school or in your neighborhood. Yes. I'm getting too old school. I know some of you saying, Pastor, you need to back off. You're, you're sounding like a legalistic pastor. No, I'm not talking about pious religion. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. Do you get this? Evidence of God's Spirit right in your life. I... I love Matthew 25, 19, because he returns and he looks at these two individuals who had done so well, and he's, the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Well, that's good, isn't it? Now, th that's a good line. I don't like the other line uh, where he says, his Lord answered and said to the man who had dug and just buried it, yes, I've got something, but I buried it. And he said, uh, you lazy servant, you wicked lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Now stop. Did you hear that? I know you may not understand that, but here, you just use, you just, you just go ahead and bear fruit. Okay? Just go ahead and live for Jesus. And he will cause things that you do to grow. Do you get this? Well, I don't know if it'll work. I'm afraid something will happen. No. Out of your faith, go ahead and serve the Lord and watch what he does with it. Watch what he does. He, you, will either get, you will even gather at places where you have not scattered seed. That's what he's saying. You'll, you'll just, if, if you'll serve him, if you'll, if you'll open up, if you'll serve him, if you'll glorify him with your life, things will happen that you did not even dream of. Just, uh, just an example. I am here. I'm in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You know how many times I've been to Virginia Beach, Virginia before I came here to work and serve here at this church? Not one time in my life had I ever been to Virginia Beach. That's right, not one time. And I didn't come to pastor the church. I didn't come asking to pastor the church. I just came singing songs and loving kids. That's all I did. And out of that, at some time, I was given the opportunity to be the senior pastor of this church. And it's been a long time since that happened. But I'm saying, through my life, I keep finding out if I will take 
the effort to love God, if I will allow the Holy Spirit to use me, greater things will be done out of my life simply because I say yes to Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. Again, I love Matthew 25, 19. I love this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Say it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Just imagine the Lord saying that to you after he returns. Hey, well done. Hey, man, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't say that at everybody's funeral. All right? I don't. I don't know everybody. I hope that people receive a well done. I say it sometimes. I do, I do. A lot of times I'll say that, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not mine to say or not to say. It's his to say or not to say. So let's uh, look at this, at faithfulness today and uh, definition. Uh, What does faithful mean? Let me be all, you know, theologically accurate and do my good word studies. Faithfulness means to be full of faith. To be faithful, to live out your faith. Now, some of you have been full of a lot of things, but not faith. And I didn't have to say that too late. But Any, Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever that? So this is a statement of your life. It's a statement of your actions. It's a statement of your conviction. Faithfulness is living out your conviction by the power of the Holy Spirit, saying, I'm a child of God, and I trust him with my entire life. My life belongs to him. Uh, it, is, it is saying to him, Lord, I love you. I always have. I always will. I'm going to serve you. I always have. I always will. I'm going to be busy serving you. Not, again, not from a position of pious religion, but as a vessel of grace filled with the Spirit of God. Now listen, in good times and in bad times, faithfulness is not a celebration that I don't have any battles in my life. Faithfulness is whatever happens. This is, this is the kind of faithfulness in which you have conviction so much that no matter what you're going through, you are going to follow the Lord. You're going to make choices according to his will and his plan and godliness because you belong to God. You are in covenant with him and you believe more than anything that God is going to get you through and in the promises, in the process, you are going to come out better than you were before and God is going to be glorified and this is what matters. That's what faithfulness is. I'm full of faith. I'm full of truth. I'm full of his spirit. I'm full of his convictions. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Remember that sermon? Listen, everybody, everything's going to work out for you. You're never going to have a problem. You're never going to have a struggle. I'm telling you, you're going to go home. You're going to get a new car. You're going to get a new house. Come on. If you Somebody left $100 up here, on the, up here, and when you go out the door, by next week, uh, you're going to have $400,000. If you just, hey, I, that's wrong preacher. Wrong preacher. I'm going to promise you that in this world, you will have struggles. That's what the Word of God says. You're going to be tested. In the course of your life, you're going to face moments which will literally challenge whether or not you believe in God. Anybody have a loved one pass away? Anybody have that? You look to God and say, hey, God, where are you right now? Hey, God, I thought you were going to bring them back. I'm telling you, in life, and this is proven out historically. I've checked it out. 100% of people, unless the Lord returns, will die. 
I know. He said, I can't believe God would do that. No. And I have done services with all types of caskets and all types of situation and all kinds of age and, and all kinds of age groups. I'm telling you that death is a reality. But none of you are ever going to. No, no. You're going to face some struggles. I actually, when, when my mother passed, we, had, we were praying for my mom. She had gone back and forth. It was uh, 2003, going back and forth to Ohio. Want mom to, you know, some people were saying she's going to live, but she died. And I, had, I actually had a family that left the church because my mother died. Thanks a lot. You know, they just couldn't believe in a guy that would let, a God that would let my mom die. All right. So just so you know, I will never die. I already died. You didn't catch that? I already died to sin. I already died to myself. And I'm alive in Jesus Christ. So if anybody tells you I died, I want you to know, I I want you all to know I'm still alive. Nevertheless, we go through struggles. We go through struggles like Job. Anybody remember the great book of Job? Just people just hate that story. Please don't preach on Job. But Job had a lot of good friends because Job lost so much so fast. They came and told him, Job, what you really ought to do is curse God and die. You're sick. Your family's been sick. You lost your kids. You lost your business. I mean, it was, it was just a, a worthless situation. But can I tell you that people go through struggles in life? Anybody love the song, It Is Well With My Soul? Anybody know it? It is well with my soul. You know, when peace like a river. Anyway, I I won't sing it all. I already sang today. But the song wasn't written by somebody who had everything going right. It was written by a man who had lost his family in a shipwreck. And he took a ship out to the place where they, were, where they died, and he worshiped the Lord. And he wrote that song on that particular ship, looking at that particular place in the water about God is still good. Even though I've lost, even though I've been hurting, God is still faithful. God is still good, and I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be faithful in the difficult times of my life. What are you going to do? going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged in your belief, but no matter what you face, here's what you know. I'm going to make the right choice. I'm going to put my faith in God because faithfulness is the confidence, the confidence that no matter what, God's still got a plan for your life and he's still there. Now, if you're, if you're looking at the word faithfulness and working on it, it's faith and fullness Anybody have faith? The Bible says we've all been given a measure of faith. The Bible also says in, in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible. Now, if you read Hebrews 11, you hear all kinds of stories, you know, like the like story of Abraham you know, and, and others who, who did great things for God, but they actually acted out their faith. They actually did something with their faith. They were given direction, and then they went and did this, so they were faithful. They had faith, but they actually acted out their faith. So if, if the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Just coming to church, coming to church is good, but it's actually living out your faith, doing things, actually having a vision. 
Does anybody know that God has a purpose for your life? Does, did you know that? He has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. What? A plan? I thought his purpose for me to sit around all day. No, it's, he has a purpose. You, you should be involved. You should be busy in the body of Christ. So, so, so some people say they're Christians, but all they do is wear a big cross around their neck and went to church last Easter. And I'm glad they came, but that doesn't position you as faithful. I mean, just because you have a football doesn't make you a quarterback. Just because you slept in an airport doesn't make you an airplane. Doesn't do any good to have a driver's license if you don't drive anywhere. Hebrews 11 is a story about people who had faith and out of it, they actually established nations. They actually defeated armies. They actually stood when everything was against them. Faith captures the heart of God. Martin Luther wrote about faithfulness, and he says, faith is a living, bold trust in God's grace, so certain of God's favor that it would risk death a thousand times trusting in it. So, I'm so certain. Take this whole world and give me Jesus. I'm so certain of, of him. Martin Luther goes on to say, such confidence and knowledge of God's grace makes you happy, joyful, and bold in your relationship to God and all creatures. The Holy Spirit makes this happen through faith because of it, you freely, willingly, and joyfully do good to everyone, serve everyone, suffer all kinds of things, love, and praise the God who has shown you such grace. Thus, it is just as impossible to separate faith and works as it is to separate heat and light from fire. You can't separate faith and works. Say, I have faith, I ain't doing nothing. Then evidently you don't have much faith. Because when you have faith, you will actually act on the call of God upon your life. You'll actually fulfill his purpose. Anybody like this already or am I already meddling in your affairs? Come on, anybody ever been full of anything? Anybody been full of pizza? Anybody ever been full of ice cream? Anybody anybody at that place where you just couldn't hold another bite? I want to be so full of faith that I feel it busting out of me. I, I, I want, I, it'd be like, wow, I'm so filled with faith, I have to pray. So filled with faith, I have to preach. I have to make a stand. I have to speak the truth. I have to follow God's purpose. I have to tell my kids and my grandkids and my neighbors about Jesus. I have so much faith, even when it's difficult. I'm so full. It just kind of oozes out of the pores of my life. I just can't shut up about God and his goodness and his righteousness and what he wants to do in your life. Tell me of your trouble so I can pray for you and trust God with you. So full of such faith. When the spirit of God takes residence in you, residence in you, you still have a couple of voices. Anybody deal with those two voices? The one, the one of the Holy Spirit. How many know when you hear from the Holy Spirit? How many know when you hear the flesh? Where are the people that have been tempted recently? Anybody been tempted? Am I the only one lifting my hand? He said, yeah, I didn't fall to it. I'm just saying, where, anybody been tempted? Anybody? You don't have to tell me your story. We're not taking names. We're not going to show a picture of the congregation, okay? All right? Your wife's looking at you like, you've been tempted? Where have you been, boy? You know, I, that's, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? Well, maybe it is, but 
Uh, what I'm saying is we all struggle with temptations. We, we hear that voice of flesh in our head, but faithfulness means you have a level of confidence in God that no matter what comes down the pike, you know you're going to serve God. God's got your back. Because faithful people keep moving forward. They're busy about the Father's work uh, with, with, with the understanding that things may not happen as quickly as you want it to. It's like, I had faith in March 2020, but this is, this is April 21. This pandemic has lasted way too long for me to keep trusting God. Come on, folks. The depression lasted long in that. Thank God for your great-grandparents. Amen. It may not happen as quickly, but I'm not mad. I'm not going to be stressed out. I'm going to walk with God. I'm in a relationship with him. And because I am his child, he's going to work it out. Maybe not on my time schedule. Somebody shout, he's going to work it out. You have this deep confidence. Now, let me, let me just explain as I wrap this up today. Let me just explain and give you one of the best examples I know. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 and 3. How many know this story? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up where? In the fire. In a, and we, I mean, when do you say fiery furnace unless you're saying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Has anybody ever seen a fiery furnace except for that? I mean, that's their story. You can see the story in Daniel chapter 3. You can read through it on your own, but you know the setting that, he, that Nebuchadnezzar set up a gold statue that was 90, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. So it, it's, and it's made of gold. Somebody shout gold. I mean, if somebody was giving away gold somewhere, we'd probably go get in line for it, right? So we're going to give you this gold, but you're going to have to bow down in order to get it and worship us. Some of us might still do it because if somebody will give us money, we love them. No, I ain't get any amens right now. Listen, listen, just listen. Just because you got some money don't mean that that was Jesus. All right? How many people ever got in trouble because of money? Anybody ever got in trouble because of one or two or three, four or five people selling stuff? I remember years ago, I used to do this ministry outside, and I used to get some, I had a bunch of boys with me, and they kept saying, you know, where do you get your money? Well, we sell candy. And I thought, they're selling candy bars. And then I found out what candy was. And I was so thankful that they were at the church. Some of you still trying to figure out what candy was. It was drugs, okay? All right? So I saw people looking at me like, I love my church. I love it. Some people didn't even blink. They knew exactly what I was talking about. I was a youth pastor, and I had to police them in my parking lot. And praise Jesus. But a lot of kids came to know Jesus in those particular days, too. And we'd go and pick them up from different places where, you know, I can't go into that story right now. I'm saying you got to be careful bowing down to golden statues. All right? He sent, uh, Nebuchadnezzar said that everybody had to bow down. They were going to have a band. They're going to have the biggest, baddest band ever. Anybody like a good band? So the biggest, baddest band ever in verse 4 of Daniel 3, a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, stop. How many know that people of every tongue and every tribe and nation one day will bow before the Lord Jesus? So you can see like the connection here, right? You see what's going on? This story is for us. He says, listen to the king's command when you hear the sound, uh, and then he names a bunch of instruments, 
Uh, I haven't researched this enough, enough, but it says horn, flute, and a zither, whatever that is, okay? thinking it's a guitar, but a lyre, a harp, pipes, and other musical instruments bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into blazing furnace. Now, why would anybody refuse to obey? There's gold and there's a band. And a band is hot. The best singers, instrumentalists ever in all of Babylon going to be performing at King Nebuchadnezzar's big show, everybody can come. It's, oh, it's going to be a good day. Some of you already lost you, right? Listen, just because the music is playing doesn't mean you need to bow down. Did I just say that? Did I just preach that to you? Are you receiving that? You might say, but pastor, you don't know how great that music is. I don't care. Listen, if Beyonce and Jay-Z walk in right now and start throwing it down here at Freedom Fellowship, I want you to still love Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? I want you to still, you don't have to, you don't have to hate them. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, I lost about a third of the congregation just now, all right? So, all right, if, if, if Blake Shelton and Carrie Underwood walk in, all right? She sings gospel music too. Okay, uh, old people, if Journey shows up, I don't care how good they are, they are not your gods. And everything they say and do is not what you do. I, I feel like a youth pastor right now. I need to be, got any teenagers in my house want to listen to me right now? It's cool. I love me some good music. Man, I will turn the radio on. I can sing a lot of old songs. I sing a few new ones, all right? I love good music, but I know who my God is. And I'm not going to, come on, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let messages come into my life that are not of heaven and take control of my understanding. And, and Come on. Ju- Jesus. Am I still allowed to preach like this? I'm going to get letters. People are going to get mad at me. I- I'm telling you the truth, okay? How-, how, many- how many have ever listened to some lyrics and said it? If my mama knew what I was singing right now, there is no way. But you memorized them anyway. Because you're cool. Cool people know those songs. Be careful. You got to take every every song. I mean, when in, in my young adult, late teenage years, I mean, it was ACDC and all of that. And they were all on the highway to hell. And, and you know, and there's Black Sabbath going on. And then later on, Marilyn Manson showed up and, you know, made Ozzy Osbourne look, you know, like a wimp, you know, you know, and, and, and everybody was just enjoying that kind of dark thing. And, you know, and kids began to actually emulate their artists, you know. You know, if, if it hadn't been for the music, you think goth would have ever showed up? Or, or was, it, uh, was it musicians who emulated? And then suddenly everybody gets to walk around in, in this darkness, in this, in this feeling of wickedness. You say, Pastor, I can't believe you're preaching that. But I will because I'm going to be faithful, all right? And I, I know, I know when there are times when there are statues and things. That, that we bow down to. Come on. Jesus woke you up this morning. He woke you up. He saved your lost soul and put his spirit inside of you. I'm not, come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm not bowing down to just anything. Sometimes you bow down because that's, you've been so hurt in other places. You think, well, at least somebody's going to love me and take care of me. 
Nebuchadnezzar said, anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be blown into, thrown into a blazing furnace. So the music plays and everybody's falling down. And then in verse 12, you know the story. Some of the king's leaders took note of three guys. Everybody's down and there are three guys standing up. They got their turbans on, their robes and everything standing up, look real pretty. They had to be there because all the officers had to be there and they worked for the king's office. And they wouldn't bow down. Three faithful Jewish young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they get turned in in verse 12. Uh, There are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. And Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. So being faithful does not make the enemy happy. All right? If your commitment is I'm going to live in such a way that I make everyone happy, you will not be faithful. Speaking the truth. Come on, Pastor Rick. Preach that to us right now. Anybody online? Anybody receive this? I want to make sure that my truth doesn't upset anyone. I'm not saying. I told you about goodness and kindness. You don't go out just trying to make people mad. That's not. You don't go out and pick fights with everyone. But you do serve God. If everybody else says that God is not real, look, if you're the only one standing in a crowd of five million, Stand up and put your faith in the Lord. The eyes are huge here. Nebuchadnezzar pulls them in. He says, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? Yes, it's true. So then there is a, a, a symbol of mercy. All right? Nebuchadnezzar gets merciful. Okay, guys, I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made with, when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue from my power? All right, so, so you understand there is a devil. Did you know that? And we are in spiritual warfare And he will threaten you. If you continue to follow the Lord, you will be threatened. Got anybody been serving the Lord for a while could say amen right now. He will threaten you. And so Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego replied. And I like, I can almost hear the sound of their voice. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand. Now, you need to underline that because he keeps talking. Oh, king, but even if he does not, we want you to know, oh, king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Did you hear that? He is able. We, We don't even need to talk about this, do we? When it comes to bowing down... No debate, no, not an issue, no discussion. 
Our God is able. Don't make a deal with me. Don't try to get me just to break a few or just to be disloyal to the one who saved my soul. My God is able to deliver me and he will deliver me. He will. Come on, somebody say it. God will deliver me. Listen, listen, King, do what you're going to do, but our God will one way or another deliver us from you. It's their attitude. God God will either bring us out, but one way or another, we aren't going to do this. We, we, we are not going to live under this law. You can, you can throw all of your words at us and your nasty laws, but one way or another, my God will show up and he will deliver me. Anybody get an attitude? Anybody ever get an attitude with God? I'm not looking. You can raise your hand if you want. I'm not even looking. It's like, God, if you don't do, the way, do this the way I want you to do it. You know, God, if you don't do something the way I'm asking you to do it right now, if you don't perform the miracle that I want, you know, if, if Pastor Rick don't tell you what you want to hear, just going to blow up and blow out. But these three young men said, these, these three guys who have been drug away from their families into a foreign country who should just be angry and mad, they say of their God, hey, however he delivers me is okay. I don't know if you heard that. However he delivers me is okay. Anybody want to say that? However he delivers me is okay. Whatever happens, he's still God, and we will remain faithful. If I'm breathing tomorrow or if I'm toast, God is God, and he will rescue me. Faithfulness doesn't care if you get the new house or you get over COVID or you get a promotion or everybody cheers for you at your school. Faithfulness says, whatever, he is still my God. God is going to work it out for my good. I still love him. I will serve him. Yeah, you, you know, you know, I talk about my mama. My mama died. God is still God. He's still a weight maker and a burden bearer. He's still washed away by sins. No matter what the circumstances, I'm not going to bow. I'm not, come on, I'm not going to bend. I'm going to trust him. If it gets hot, I'm still going to serve him. That's a good reason to scream right there. That is. Let me say something to you, bad, big bad king. I'm not buying tickets to your show. I'm not bowing to your image. I know you got your stuff, you got your plans, your ideas. Come on, that's your image. What is your image that you have decided God is? God is God and he is sovereign. Say that word one time, sovereign. Sovereign means God does not have to ask your permission to do anything. He is sovereign. Until you understand sovereignty, you will just be irritated. You're constantly irritated. Sovereign. God is God. He doesn't have like a board that he has to sit with and talk to. He doesn't have a committee. He he doesn't have to get your okay. You have to check three boxes. He is God. And something else he is, is he is good. And you don't necessarily like the trouble, but God is good. And he will make a way. He will work it out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are like in your face faithful, okay? 
So, you know, it's like, you know, whatever, Nebuchadnezzar. It's your idolatry. It's your program. It's your idea of morality. Your idea of what love is. I'm not bowing even if I get burned by it. Even if I lose some friends and popularity. I'm not going to bow. Man, I, could, I haven't preached on this in a long time. I love this. So he was, Nebuchadnezzar now has moved from negotiation to furious. So he ordered the furnace heated up seven times. Seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're going to, the the strongest soldiers. So these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes. And they're bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot. Did you read this part? The flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they fell into the blazing furnace. Now, let me give you some advice. Okay, I don't know if you're here. Don't mess with a faithful child of God. Don't mess with them. Don't mess with them. You say, but this is really getting hot. Don't, okay? Don't mess. Okay. Don't mess with a child of God. You'll get burned. You didn't hear what I said. Don't worry about those who are trying to destroy you. Stay faithful. Keep worshiping. Keep telling the story. No matter how big they are, what the diagnosis is, what the struggle is, my God is bigger. I'm staying in faith. I'm going to walk in faithfulness. You already know this story, but you need to be reminded of it. I, I'm just, I know by the Holy Spirit, I know that you know it. And some of you say, oh, Pastor, I've heard Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all the metaphors that go with it. They're not just metaphors. They're truths. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar then leaps to his feet in amazement and he asks his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up that we threw in the, threw in the fire? They replied, yes, king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. You know, one scripture says, looks like a son of God. He was, we don't know. All, all we know is when he looked in, he saw an angelic presence. He saw a heavenly presence. I think the son of God actually showed up at that particular moment. He said, look, look, do you see that? Do you see what I see? Do you see four men? They looked at him and said, true that? Get me out of here. I see what you see, king. Listen, when you are full of faith, you may go into the fire, but you can be confident that God will not let you go through what you're going to have to go through by yourself. Does anybody still remember Joshua 1 and 9? Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, you can be certain. God will go all in with you. Nebuchadnezzar, we cast in three, but there are four. And now Nebuchadnezzar changes. You say, if I go through this, I could die. But if, if you go through it, others could come to Christ. Somebody's going to see what you go through and surrender themselves. Come on, they're going to do it. Nebuchadnezzar, he shouted into the furnace, said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 26. He said, you are servants of the most high God. Come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the administrators... 
the governors and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. And they saw that you went through the fire, that you went through the struggle. They saw that the, the fire did not control you. It did not change your focus. They saw that you were faithful. You are going to go through it, and you're going to go through what you go through, but it will not defeat you. You, I, God will bring you out. Come on, I don't look like, come on, some people, you don't know my story. You don't know everything. That's because I don't have to tell it everywhere I go because God has brought me through it like I didn't go through it. I don't smell like those who tried to kill me. I don't smell the struggle of the, the odor is not on me. I will continue to follow him. I'm still here. Anybody thank God for your struggles? Anybody, anybody been through some struggles? Somebody praise God for your struggle. Anybody? Oh, Jesus. The number of times I have sat down and looked at somebody who was going through it, and I said, can I tell you what God brought me through? If he brought me through it, he'll bring you through it. And notice, during the struggle, these people are watching. Let me, let me talk to you about faithfulness in 2021. There's all kinds of things going on. And people are watching you. When we get through this pandemic, people are going to notice. Don't take me wrong when I say this. People are going to notice. You never lost your faith through the entire season. Is there anybody that in the pandemic you still trusted Jesus? Wave at me. Where Where are people that still trusted Jesus? You still trusted Jesus through the whole thing. People are going to notice that you never stop trusting. You never stop believing. You had it. You got out of it. Some people had it. Anybody, anybody had COVID? Anybody got through it? And look, man, a lot of hands rising up in here. Look at that. And you're, you're, you're here. Somebody praise God. Anybody had somebody that you love that died? Anybody? How many know God is still good and God is still faithful? Somebody wave at me. He's still good. You're faithful. Listen to the words of Nebuchadnezzar in verse 28. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's words and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks against amiss against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be cut to pieces, and their houses shall be made in ash heap. Now, I think Nebuchadnezzar just kind of went crazy here a little bit. But, but do you believe that God could change the people that are watching you right now? The kings and the leaders. Anybody get concerned about some of the stuff that's going on in the world? I mean, I'm glad that the leader made a decree, all right? But I am concerned about situations. I'm concerned about laws and not a fan of some things, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I get some guidance and some direction. I'm not the only guy that has this conversation. It's not a political thing. It's nothing like that. But um, can, can, I, can I just tell you a few things? I'm just going to take a shot. Don't throw books at me or hand grenades, but I'm still going to say it if you do. Okay? So I'm going to tell you, okay? Here we go. 
Godly marriage is only between one man and one woman. There are not numerous genders. You say, Pastor, you don't care. No, I love people that are struggling with sexual brokenness. I love them. We want you to be set free. We want to help you. But I want you to know that I'm absolutely certain of these things. And, and, and just because certain things are legal does not mean that you should grow them or smoke them. I'm talking about pot, okay? All right, so... So we're in Virginia. Some people think if it's legal that it's in the Bible. No. No. These guys are not sitting around with their Bibles cracked open, praying earnestly, saying, let's see how God would like for the people to live. And while I'm at it, there is only one true God, and there's only one way to him, and his name is Jesus. Can I tell you that? Yes, it, there is freedom of religion, but can I tell you there is only one way to God, and that is through His Son, Jesus, and the story, and the message of the cross. Hmm. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There is no other God who can deliver like this. Be faithful. Faithful, be trustworthy. See, I'm just in this sermon, I'm, I'm wrapping this up, but I, I want you to be faithful. I want your faithfulness to come alive. I want you to be faithful in your ministry. I want you to be faithful in your house. I want you to be faithful in your marriage, faithful to your children, faithful with every word, faithful in every area of your life, in your home, in your hobbies, okay, in your time, in your talents, in your gifts, in your giving, in your word. In your worship, I want you to be faithful. Stay faithful. Sometimes you you got to remember that your struggle is actually your assignment. Did I say that? The struggle you're going through right now is actually your assignment. Anybody glad Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a mess? Anybody besides me? I am so glad those boys made a stand that particular day. I'm so glad that Nebuchadnezzar did that in front of all of those crowds. You're, listen, you say, I'm going through a problem. I'm telling you, God trusted you with your struggle. He's trusted you. People are against me. People hate me. God trusted you with what you're going through. Now, will you be faithful in the midst of it? Will you be faithful? You've got an opportunity right now to show up, to show out, to be who God called you to be, to show that God is faithful. You might say, but it's too hard. I know, but some people have faith and do nothing. But James chapter 220, do you, do, do you want to know? Oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead. So some people say, I got faith. I ain't doing nothing, but I got faith. You ain't doing anything. It's impossible. It's like saying, I got fire, but there's no blaze. You know, I got water, but I'm still thirsty. If you have faith, if you have faith, there will actually be works. That's what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is faith that works. Faith that is busy. Uh, stand with me. I got to be done preaching. I got to finish. I'm done. So stand up and give praise to the Lord. Just give praise to the Lord. Come on, would you do that? Wow. Now, you want to know the big reason why you, should, you can be faithful? I'm going to give you a big reason. Because your God is faithful. 
doesn't say, you be faithful, I'm not going to do anything. God is faithful. He didn't say you wouldn't go through things. You will go through situations. On your own, you would not be able to go through them. Anybody been through that? If it had not been God, you would not have gone through it. Some of you in the room right now, you're going through this and you need to hear this word because you're going through it right now. And I don't want to make light of your pain or your struggle. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. Scripture that people don't really enjoy too much. I've had more people come after me on this scripture than any other. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to me. Okay, so first of all, the things you're going through, lots of people are going through what you're going through. You're not the first person, and it might be a massive struggle. You know, see Kurt's here. Kurt Petrick, love you, Kurt. Love you, family. I'm glad you're hanging out with Mark over there. Nice t-shirt, by the way, Mark. Love that. Uh, but, wow, Cynthia's story before you and she were married. Sitting here for 
people are just too emotional. You don't know everybody's stuff. You don't know everybody's story. But have you ever been in that place in your life where you did not know how you were going to make it? Where are you? Anybody been there? Okay, now you put your hands down. Now, again, those of you that are just going through it right now, lift your hands. Where are you? And just would you now just pray for those individuals? Father, we ask for you to come upon them. We pray that faithfulness would be evident in their life. We pray that the enemy would be defeated and that your name would be glorified in your precious name. And Lord, however you choose to get them through it, walk them through this time. Let your promises be fulfilled.
fact, here's one of the teachings in Scripture. If you are struggling, if you are in sorrow, if you are in pain, don't do that by yourself. Don't do it by yourself. We're going to suffer together. We're going to pray together. We're going to trust the Lord together. So if you're suffering, if you're struggling, if you need a faithful Lord Jesus to cleanse you of all unrighteousness, He will do it right now. If you're feeling empty spiritually, 